0: Welcome in, episode 114, our final regular season gambling show of the year. And before we do how we did last week in our season records, now is, of course, the time to remind everyone how dominant we all were as a collective if you guys took my preseason gambling advice. Now, I've done this on a few shows, but it's making me feel better about life, so I'm doing it again. We gave you. Jacksonville over six and a half cash it Kansas city over 10 and a half cash it Uh, San Francisco over nine and a half cash it Tampa under 11 and a half. We called that our bet of the year cash it. So that's four winners. New England. We gave you under eight and a half going to come down to the wire. They're sitting at eight wins. We'll see Indy. We gave you over nine and a half. No good. Uh, Giants, we gave you over seven and a half. No good. And then Baltimore, over, over 10 and a half. Going to come down to the wire. Not looking great, though, because they're underdogs. So we have four wins locked in, two losses locked in, and two that are going to come down to week 17. We also gave you Seattle, the Jets, Atlanta, New England, parlay. Doll missed the playoffs at my, at even money. Going to come down to the wire. Seattle and New England still alive. We gave you Cleveland to miss the playoffs. Minus 170, locked in for a month. Denver to miss the playoffs at plus money. (laughs) Locked in forever. New England to miss the playoffs at minus 200. Going to come down to the wire. And then our long shot parlay of division winners did not come through thanks to the Colts. And then we have just sitting out there. Like my fourth child, my 50 to one one dime ticket on a Chiefs Niners Super Bowl exacta. That that's college tuition for more than a year for your wonderful sister that's hearing back from colleges right now. Or that's a hell of a, hell of a weekend for your pops in Vegas, see if we can flip that from one year college tuition to four years college tuition. We'll see. But that ticket is sitting there in a lockbox in my heart and on a betting app not to be named. So that was, you know, preseason, just crushing the world. Week to week, DeMondsey, it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a struggle. So last week, we gave you Miami plus two and a half is the right move. They lost by two. That's a winner. Got a little lucky. We're going to admit they were down nine. We gave you Arizona plus three and a half. All of a sudden, then it kick off? They're like, we're starting David Blau, and they were six-point dogs. But it covered anyway. I told you Desmond Ritter should not be trusted to be favored. But that's where the good fortune kind of ends. We told you San Francisco minus 10 that they'd only need 14 points to cover that. Yeah. I think they scored somewhere in the 30s, and they didn't cover.
1: 37-40 or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: it wasn't <laughs> great. You know, it, it wasn't great. 37-34 maybe was the final yeah, score. Yeah,
1: OT, um, all that good stuff.
0: We gave, we gave you Minnesota plus 3.5. They lost by roughly 50. <laughs> Would Minnesota plus 35 have covered that game? Let me check. I was that game forty-one to three. Was it whatever it was? It wasn't good. And then, of course, as we discussed on yesterday's show, uh, we also had Cincinnati Buffalo, and we we covered that quite a bit on Thursday's pod. Everything sur- surrounding Demar Hamlin, but that's obviously we're just that game is no action on all fronts. So that was a two and two week. Oh, they lost 41 17. So plus 35 would have covered for the Vikings, but plus three and a half did not. So that puts our record for the season at a pitiful 39 45 and two. Our right move at six and 11. We typically only pick five games a week. We are six games under 500. DeMonze, I'll now hand the reins to you for a moment. Yeah.
1: So I've got a little proposition for you. Well, the good news is well the good news and the bad news sorry yeah. you cannot finish the regular season above 500 even with a 5 and a week yeah
0: that's the math that i was just realizing yeah. six games under 5 and 0 oh, can't get there uh-huh but
1: yeah. well, the good news is you are 16 and 9 in divisional games really yep
0: oh 60 to 9 you know some smart people say those are the hardest games to pick the uh, divisional contests, and i'm 64 percent ats in divisional games okay oh. go ahead
1: all right. So, luckily, luckily, we have sixteen divisional games this oh, week.
0: Oh, all divisional games—the final weekend. Yep. Yeah.
1: If you keep up that pace, you could end up over five hundred. Uh huh. So here is my final offer of the regular season.
0: Oh, an early show offer. Yeah. We usually save this for the very end.
1: You bet every game for a chance to finish over five hundred. Do you accept this offer? All
0: right. This. Listen. The theme of this show has been responsible gambling. You have learned some hard lessons about responsible gambling. We have talked to the audience about how every week you've gotta put the games into different buckets, your be carefuls, your stay aways, your perfectly priced, and then your actual bets. There is no week that exemplifies the necessity of sticking to a responsible gambling strategy like week 18 when you have backups in the game when you have teams pulling their starters without saying it when you have one team that's playing hard but then sees that the only reason they were playing hard was let me give you an example eagles are playing the giants and the cowboys are playing washington the cowboys got to play hard they could be the one seed they could win the division but then they see at halftime of these simultaneous games the eagles are up 20 they're like, oh, well, they're not going to lose. We're now locked into the five. We can pull our starters. It is the hardest week to handicap. It would be the most ridiculous week to bet all of the games on the slate. However, I have a streak on the line. Since I've been on television, I have never finished a year below 500. Now, again, the smart thing would be stick with my five games. Go three and two finish a few games below 500, take my medicine. But I am not a take-my-medicine type. So here's what I'm going to do. I don't feel comfortable really discussing or gambling on the games involving the Bills and the Bengals. I think it's kind of poor form, uh, especially with, as we're recording this, still so much unknown about DeMar, and then from the Bengals' perspective about What their future schedule is going to be. So let's just take them out of the running. Bengals, Ravens, and Bengals, Patriots take that out. That leaves us with 14 games. If you revise the offer to 14 games, I will accept it. Will you revise the offer?
1: 14.
0: All the games except for the Bills and the Bengals game. Can that be the offer? Of course. Okay, then I accept it. For the record, If my math is correct, it's six games under 500. I would need to go ten and four to be 500, and a crackling hot eleven and three to finish above 500. We can do it. So these are all Knicks picks. There are no stayaways. There are no be carefuls. There are no perfectly priced. We're doing 14 picks today. We're doing them all. I do have a few that I like more than others, and I will let the audience know what those few are, okay? But we will go somewhat in chronological order, but not exactly. We'll start with Saturday's games. Kansas City at Vegas. Kansas City minus nine and a half, all right? At Vegas. For the second straight year, Kansas City is the first game of week 18, all right? Kansas City also, if you guys have noticed, has not been great at covering spreads, particularly big spreads. Vegas, on the other hand, looked awesome last week. I have been pretty smart on not including Kansas City as a big favorite throughout these picks. With that said, I think the Raiders, another double-digit blown lead last week. They can see the end of their season on the horizon. Last week, they went into that game technically still alive for the playoffs, as unlikely as it seemed and as odd as it was that they were starting Stidham. I think this is a game the Raiders play to stay healthy, get into the offseason. There's nothing a player hates more than getting dinged in the final game of the year to where instead of being able to go to a warm location for uh, their vacation, they have to stay at the facility and rehab. The Chiefs, on the other hand, need to put an impressive performance together before they have what appears right now to be the buy and time off. The Chiefs are going to lay it on the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he's going to get there, but he's 420 yards away. From the all-time single-season passing record, Travis Kelsey has not scored a touchdown in five weeks, but Devontae had two touchdown catches last week, so Devontae is now up by two. So Travis Kelsey can try to at least tie Devontae Adams. He has three touchdown receptions, which I think he did last time. He's done. He's done this year. It was either against the Chargers or the Raiders. Regardless, I think the Chiefs put it on the Raiders offensively and defensively, I think Stidham... Goes back to the player he was for the first five years of his career. Not the player he was in that miraculous game against the Niners. All right, so Chiefs laying nine and a half. Now, the Saturday night game. Jacksonville is a six-point favorite at Tennessee. So when I was going through this, Damanze, everything screamed, ooh, Tennessee. There's a lot of reasons to go with Tennessee. You have a few of them. Go, go ahead. I'll let I'll let you tell me some of the reasons to pick Tennessee.
1: Well, this is a classic Mike Vrabel cover. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee's obviously, all right, now. Yeah. Tennessee's coming off of a bunch of rest. Yeah. And he covers 70% of his games as an underdog.
0: Okay. That's all true. And Tennessee's been awful for more than a month. Right. They're starting Josh Dobbs, Jacksonville. For both teams, it's a win and your end in scenario. I understand that. Jacksonville actually technically could lose, and if Pittsburgh, New England, and Miami all lose, Jacksonville gets the wild card, and there's two AFC South playoff teams. So Jacksonville has a slim chance of making the playoffs, even with a loss, but the winner gets the four seed, and the it's almost more likely, and Tennessee loses. They're done no matter what. All of my smart gambling tendency, say, take Tennessee. Vrabel at least is going to keep it close. And I was ready to put in Tennessee. And then I thought about it. And I said, if one thing this show has gotten right this year, it's our faith in the Prince that was promised. And the only reason that our record isn't better is because you assholes made me stop betting on it right when they were about to go on their winning streak, you guys put a ban on me. And and because of that, I'm one in six betting on the Jags. Well, the ban has been lifted. I have not taken full advantage of it the way I should have. And the Jags, minus six, the Jags which brought your worst gambling moment of the year, the overtime game against Dallas, by winning, the Jags, which hurt my feelings so many times this year. Was that a stray or something? no, I'm simply saying we have had a tortured history with the Jags this year when we shouldn't have. I should have simply ignored you guys when you guys were telling me they're no good. He's not a prince. You're overrating it. All these things. Jags minus six.
1: So we're we got not- Chiefs and Jags so far. Yeah. What could go we wrong?
0: Do. What could go wrong? <laughs> They, I've been right about the Chiefs all year. I've been right about the Jags all year. In my most important weekend of the year, I'm not abandoning them. Now to Sunday. Atlanta, minus four against Tampa Bay. So I understand last week I said, how could you ever lay three points with Desmond Ritter, right? And I took three and a half with the terrible Cardinals and ended up being David Blau, purely on the belief of how can you lay points with Desmond Ritter. But this is where week 18 is tricky. Okay?
1: That's a really nasty line.
0: Well, Tampa is claiming they are going to play their starters. I don't believe them. I think Brady's going to play a series or two and then be pulled for Trask or Gabbard, whomever their backup quarterback's going to be. I think Evans will be pulled. I think all of their key players are coming out of this game. And usually even when you pull your key guys, you leave in your frontline offensive linemen, but some of their offensive linemen are dealing with injuries. I think those guys will be pulled. So I believe Atlanta, their running attack, and the fact that Tampa is locked into the four seed is gonna roll over in this game so i will lay the four points with the atlanta falcons
1: that might have been the craziest like thought process that you've explained to why me. i mean you're just banking on that happening like what yeah
0: i am banking on that happening that is correct and i understand that i'm betting a that right now it
1: doesn't <laughs> it's a lot of
0: favorites it would appear i get that i don't love that it's this many favorites to start with we'll get to some underdogs later However, it should be. Go ahead.
1: You are 3-0 and betting against Tom Brady this year. So.
0: Well, they listen, Tampa's been the worst covering team in the league because Vegas has overvalued them throughout the season. But Atlanta, I believe, is going to play hard and play all their guys. Tampa is claiming they're going to play their guys. I don't believe them. Atlanta, minus four. Next, another favorite. Minnesota, minus seven and a half at Chicago. So the logic on this, you saw Justin Fields not playing. Okay. Justin Fields not playing in this game, which kind of sucks for him because he is
1: record-wise.
0: Yep, about 60 yards away from breaking Lamar Jackson's single-season quarterback rushing record. He can't do it, though. He can't do it because he's not playing.
1: Wait, no. who would you say is not playing?
0: Justin Fields. What did I say? Oh, said Justin Fields. I thought if, you said
1: Justin Jefferson. No, 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 there. no.
0: Justin Fields right. is not playing. Okay. He's not playing, so he can't break Lamar Jackson's single-season a rushing record. Minnesota is coming off a terrible performance. They could get the two seed, but they won't. They are essentially locked into the three. Now, is there a piece of me that otherwise would be concerned about Minnesota? Remember what I said earlier. I said, you've got to be careful in week 18 that the, a team, you lay a lot of points with them, And then at halftime, they're like, wait, we're playing for nothing. If the Niners win against the Rams, or against the Cardinals, pardon me, which they will, Minnesota's playing for nothing. They're the three seed. However, the Vikings game is at 1 o'clock. The Niners game is at 4.30. So the Vikings will literally not know anything about the Niners' result until until they're done. So they will play their entire game believing we're alive for the two. We have to win, and we have to have San Francisco lose. San Francisco will kick off when their game is over, so that incentivizes the Vikings to play hard. The fact that they're coming off their worst game of the season.
1: Couldn't you? Couldn't the players think about it just like you think about it, though? What do you mean? Like Minnesota knows, like we could win, but like what are the chances of San Francisco losing Arizona? Well, yes,
0: but here's the you're right. The players could think about it like that. But the coaches won't. And the coaches, like, I I feel like football players, when they're in the game, have to play hard because of the dangers around.
1: Right.
0: What happens if if coaches pull players, the coaches aren't going to pull their guys, especially because they can't get the bye. So they need to have some type of good feeling momentum going into their playoff game, which is coming up, in a week after this game against the Giants. Now let's go to Chicago. Chicago alive for the number one pick if they lose. And you might say, well, Houston's not going to win. We're going to talk about that game in a moment. Houston's playing Indy. They, of course, could win because anyone could beat Indy. So, like, that, it's on the board. Conversely, if Chicago were to win, they go from potentially they could lose the number two pick because they're three and thirteen. Arizona and Denver are both four and twelve. So Chicago wants to lose. I would love this game so much more at seven. And I will tell you right now to the betting public, if you're when we're doing this is seven and a half. This is a game I would wait until Sunday morning if the line moves against you and goes to eight, no worries. But if it moves for you and goes to seven, that is a huge benefit. But I think Minnesota plays a good game. I think Minnesota plays motivated. I think Chicago actively wants to lose and is not starting Justin Fields. For all those reasons, all lay seven and a half with Minnesota. And now another favorite. We're getting to the underdog shortly. I promise. Indy laying two and a half against Houston. So this right here is one of the oddest games of the week. And here's why. Indy is triple incentivized to lose. Okay? Number one is they're 4-11-1. With a win, they could fall out of the top five of the draft and end up drafting sixth. With a loss, theoretically, they could be drafting as high as three. Probably they'd be drafting four or five, okay? But more importantly, with a loss, Houston, their divisional rival, would lose the number one pick, assuming Chicago loses. Houston, would, with a win, would go to the number two pick. So if you're Indy, okay, You really want to throw this game. You prevent Bryce Young from showing up in your division. You screw Houston. You help your draft pick. So I'm making all the case. And Houston plays hard. They're just no good. And I'm making all the case for taking Houston plus the points. So why does it say on the screen, Indy minus two and a half? Let me tell you. Because if we know anything about Jeff Saturday (laughs) Colts that the one time he's likely to win is when they want to lose. (laughs) And I also believe Houston will be telling Lovey Smith that winning this game is not an option. (laughs) figure out a way to lose this this is such a fascinating spot where should be a good game one day <laughs> one day there is going to be an nfl team that just says league integrity be damned and in a spot like this
1: how the quarterback throw picks <laughs>
0: yeah it takes the opening <laughs> kickoff runs out the back of the end zone self-safeties just it makes it blatant we are it, get it, as soon as they're trailing in the game, takes knees the rest of the way, just says screw I mean, it. Why not though? Well, like, I the league would to... kill them. Yeah. But it's the one day it'll happen. I don't think that's this week, but I do think Indy screws up and the Jeff Saturday era ends with a flourish of a win that puts the number one pick in their divisional rivals' hands and knocks them out of the top five of the draft. Indy minus two and a half. Next. Miami catching one against the Jets, our first dog. So this is in a normal week when I wasn't doing everything I possibly could do to get above 500. This would be an obvious stay away. Miami's lost five in a row, and we don't know who their quarterback is. Right? I think Teddy Bridgewater's going to play. Teddy Bridgewater's injury, yes, it's on his throwing hand, but it is a dislocated pinky. Miami has to win and if they win, I think they'll make the playoffs because I don't think the Patriots are beating the Bills. So, Miami, (laughs) this would prevent an all time collapse from them. 8-3 and to out of the playoffs. The Jets, on the other hand, have been bad for two and a half months, okay? Since beating the Dolphins 40 to 17, they, they listen, the Jets, I'm going to go through their whole schedule. Started started the year losing the Ravens, so what? Then got very lucky against the Browns. Remember, that was the game Nick Chubb didn't go down or Kareem Hunt didn't go down, whatever it was. They, they were down 13 in the final two minutes and won the game. They beat the Browns 31-30. They then got crushed by the Bengals who were at the time 0-2. They then beat the Steelers, annihilated the Dolphins in the first game the Dolphins had without Tua. That was the game where Teddy started, got hurt on the first play, and they had to go to the guy who might be starting this week, the third-string quarterback. Skyler, uh, right? Skyler, Skyler thank you. I forgot his name. Skylar Thompson. The next week, they beat the Packers. The next week, they beat the Broncos back when people thought that meant something. Since then. The Patriots beat them. Then they beat the Bills in one of the best wins anybody's had all year. Since that Bills win, the Patriots beat them again in a game that was 3-3 until the final punt, remember? And then the punt return. They beat the Bears, who haven't won in three months. They then lost to the Bills, lost to the Lions, lost to the Prince that was promised, got crushed by the Seahawks. Oh, I left out, lost to the Vikings as well. They have lost five in a row. They have scored in their last four games, 12, 3, and six. This is a dead team walking that is now officially eliminated from the playoffs. Last week, they were still alive, and you know what they did? Scored six points against a terrible Seattle defense. Miami Doesn't need great quarterback play to win this game. Miami's playoff hopes are alive.
1: So what about the name Mike Glennon? I think the Dolphins might have signed him this week, and that might be who you're putting your fortune. Well,
0: so here's the thing. Mike Glennon was signed to be the backup, and now Miami uh, has had a bunch of quarterbacks injured. I understand that. I said they don't need great quarterback play. Miami plus one is the pick. Lastly, for this segment, Carolina getting three and a half at New Orleans. All right, you have some information here that I didn't know about about my history in New Orleans. Go ahead. Demonte.
1: You you bet against no more than any team other other. No would
0: be you short bet. for New Orleans, but go ahead. <laughs> I bet against New Orleans. Damonte's uh, not having a sharpest show but only today. Three but I got to tell four?
1: you, time mm-hmm. to fade yourself.
0: So here's the deal. It's like, no. New Orleans, yeah, N-O for New Orleans. But yeah. it's in all caps. That's the, they're trying to signal to you it's shorthand for the team. Uh, just so you know, when it says car, I'm not actually betting on a car. <laughs> it's short for Carolina. So here's the deal. New Orleans is hot right now. They've won four in a row. Carolina just got devastated last week. chance to win the division, up 14 and fell apart. So why would I be picking Carolina? I think Carolina likes Steve Wilkes, the players, and I think they want him to be the head coach next year. I don't know that he will be, but I think it's what the players want. Players almost always want the coach to stay in place because their jobs are safer. When a new coach comes in, there is massive roster churn. So it has to be a really disastrous coach for the players to want the coach fired because their jobs are in jeopardy. I think they like Wilkes. I'm also getting three and a half points. I also think they can run the ball on most teams. Tampa, they weren't great running the ball against them. I think they can run the ball there. Darnold, kind of playing for his NFL future a bit. He looked like he was going to be relegated to career backup. He's had a decent little run here in Carolina. We'll see what Carolina lands in the quarterback musical chairs next year. A lot of motivated Carolina Panthers, like their coach, want to end the year on a high note, have been better than New Orleans this year. New Orleans, not quite as good as the little winning streak suggests. Let me remind you guys for the uh, uh, for uh, the the Saints, pardon me, what the winning streak has actually been, because four in a row sounds good. I'm sorry, three in a row sounds good. This would be four in a row. But those wins... Are against the, the Falcons who stink, the Browns, who stink, and then a great win last week against the Eagles. That, to me, was their the end of their season. We beat the Eagles, We showed we're better than, you know what I mean? Our records suggest if we hadn't blown that game against the uh, Bucks a few weeks ago, we'd be right there. But the Saints offense, its last five weeks, 0, 16, 21, 17, 20. I don't want to lay three and a half points with a team that can't break 21 points. Carolina is going to be able to run the ball. Carolina is going to play hard for their coach. Carolina plus three and a half. So for our first half of picks, Kansas City minus nine and a half, Jacksonville minus six, Atlanta minus four. Minnesota minus 7.5, Indy minus 2.5, Miami plus 1, Carolina plus 3.5. A A bunch more underdogs and the rest of the slate next. What's Right, Episode 114, our Week 18 Gambling Show. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes, so no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to Factormeals.com slash Nick now. 50 and use code Nick Wright 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Nick Wright 50 at Factormeals.com Nick Wright 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in episode 114, our week 18 gambling show. We're picking 14 of the 16 games. We're leaving the Buffalo game and the Cincinnati game out. We need to go 10-4 and to finish the year at 500. 11-3 to finish the year above 500. In our first segment, we picked five favorites and two dogs. In this segment, we're going to – it's a little more even, but we're still going with more favorites than we typically would because of some of the dynamics of this week that are at play with who's motivated and who's not. We will start with Pittsburgh laying two and a half against Cleveland. This is very simple. This is a Mike Tomlin pick. This is a desperate Pittsburgh team pick. A Pittsburgh team that is not only alive mathematically for the playoffs, but a Pittsburgh team that they're like, okay, so we need Miami to lose the Jets. They've lost five in a row. And we need New England to lose to the uh, Bills. And the Bills have dominated New England over the last two years. If we win this game, we're in. Conversely, the Browns, even though they won this past week, it's not the time for it right now, but the offseason will be a Deshaun Watson conversation that is going to be a tricky one. Because when we say he's been underwhelming, that does not really do it justice. Deshaun Watson, this is what he has done thus far. His first game back, 130 yards, one pick, no touchdowns. His second game back, 270 yards, one pick, one touchdown, in a loss. Against Baltimore, 160 yards. Against New Orleans, 135 yards. And against Washington, 169 yards. He has not been good, flatly. Pittsburgh has to have the game. I'm laying less than a field goal. I will admit, there is part of me that feels like, is this thing going to be 16-14 and I lose on the hook? Maybe. But laying three and a half, I wouldn't feel great about. Laying two and a half, I'm fine with. Pittsburgh minus two and a half in a game, they have to have. Next, Denver at the Chargers. Denver is the two and a half point favorite, and we are picking Denver.
1: Pretty ironic. Why? I mean, given the way you've talked about Russ and the Broncos this entire season.
0: Okay. So, a few things here. Denver is not one of those teams that last game of the year were eliminated, and management's like, go ahead and lose, improve our draft pick. It's not their draft pick, it's Seattle's draft pick. It's first of all. Second of all, this is another one of those games where the actual timing of the games really matter. So, if Baltimore loses to Cincinnati. The Chargers are locked into the 5 seed. Baltimore-Cincinnati kicks off at 1 p.m. This game kicks off at 4.30. So, if you believe like I do that Cincinnati is going to beat a Baltimore team that is almost assuredly going to be starting Tyler Huntley, then what we are going to have is a situation where the Chargers, who have been ravaged by injury this year, cannot improve their seed and cannot fall backwards in the seeding. They will be locked into the five spot. That's why they're the underdogs. Denver, on the other hand, showed some fight last week for Jerry Rosberg. The Chargers, I don't think we're I think we're gonna see Chase Daniel. I don't think we're gonna see Keenan Allen. I don't think we're gonna see Mike Williams. I don't think we're gonna see Nikki Bosa. I don't think we're gonna see Derwin James. I think the Chargers are going to give themselves a mini-bye week, assuming Baltimore loses. Now, if Baltimore wins, it gets a little more complicated on what the different scenarios are. But still, assuming Baltimore loses, which I believe they will, Chargers are locked into the five. They will be playing for nothing. They will be playing backups. Denver minus two and a half is our pick. Does that make sense there? If Denver... If this game was at the same time as Cincinnati-Baltimore, I'd feel differently. But this game being three and a half hours later means they can pull everyone or not even start guys if that if Baltimore-Cincinnati goes the way I think it will. Next, Giants getting 14 at Philly. It is flatly too many points, even with the Giants playing backups, when we don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play. Philadelphia needs this game, obviously. They win the game, they're the one seed. If not, they could fall all the way to the three or to the five line, and they almost assuredly would fall at least to the two line. Because I believe San Francisco, more on them in a minute, is going to beat Arizona. But the Giants, here's the thing about the Giants playing backups. Their backups aren't much worse than their starters. The Giants don't have a ton of talent. The Giants are. It's staying in games and beating teams through coaching and hard play, which you will get from the backups. Is Tyrod Taylor that much worse than Daniel Jones? I don't know. And so if the Giants starters were playing of course, because the Giants gold, are locked gold. into their seed, would they be getting 14 points? No, certainly not when Gardner Minshew might be the quarterback in this game. And if it is Jalen Hurts, I think it will be a very conservative Jalen Hurts game plan trying to make sure he doesn't get hit. So the Giants getting 14 points, it's flatly too many points. Seems like you have a take on this, Damanze. Eh?
1: I mean, I think that line is kind of telling you that J- Jalen Hurts is going to be playing. I How the heck are the, they getting 14?
0: I think the line is telling us that the Giants are resting everybody. Yeah, But I just don't think that matters that much for that team. So I, Giants plus 14 is our pick.
1: There's put an, some respect on Daniel Jones' name, man. I
0: won't do that. I won't do that.
1: Steady improvement every year. Steady improvement.
0: Yeah, so he's approved from unplayable to slightly below mediocre. I won't put a lot of respect on his name. The
1: Gi- what? The Giants are also plus six hundred on the money line.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're gonna win. I because Philly needs the game. Yeah. No. So I don't think they're gonna win. A team that I know is not gonna win is the Cliff Kingsbury, David Blau coach quarterback combo. This is a team that I don't think likes their coach. And I do think he might be on the way out. They are playing San Francisco. San Francisco is laying 14 points. I will lay the 14 points. Remember I said last week, Jared Stidham, that when the Niners were laying 10, uh, I said the night that they only need to score 14 to cover it against Jared Stidham.
1: And it went to the overtime.
0: Mm -hmm. To cover 14 against David Blau, I think they need 17.
1: How so? Okay, I was going to ask you how much better are the the Raiders than the Cardinals
0: in your opinion? Much better. DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing. The third string quarterback is playing for Arizona. I now the only little bit of fear I have is JJ Watt's final game ever. But like in that, is, but there is not enough around him. San Francisco highly motivated because San Francisco. Let me make sure I'm correct on this. Hold on. There is one note I want to make sure I've got this right about the timing of these games. Yes, okay, that's what I wanted to make sure. Philadelphia and the Giants are playing at the same time as San Francisco and Arizona. So, will I admit there is potentially a little bit of fear that Philadelphia that Philadelphia wins and San Francisco loses motivation. Here's why there is not. Because I believe earlier in the day, the Vikings will have beaten the Bears. And so even if Philadelphia is up by 30 and San Francisco knows, oh, we can't get the one seed, they will know, assuming the Vikings have won, but if we lose, we fall to the three seed. And then we'd be going to Minnesota in round two. And and we don't want that. We'd rather that game be outdoors in our building. So as, as long as the Vikings win the early game, no matter what's happening in the Philadelphia game, San Francisco is motivated. That defense got embarrassed by Jared Stidham last week, right? They say they, so I think defense going to be on fire. I think San Francisco will hold Arizona to single digits. I'll lay the 14 points. Next, Dallas minus 7.5 versus Washington. Washington is starting Sam Howell. He is a fifth-round rookie. Sam Howell showed you so much after you drafted him that he was your third-string quarterback behind Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. Washington can, is, is falling apart at the end of the year. Dallas' defense and defense alone is enough to cover this 7.5. Dallas also, uh, because, again, this is another one of those games where at least in the beginning of the game, Dallas is going to be highly motivated because the division is available for him. Now, is there a little concern that Philly will be annihilating the Giants and Dallas will pull people? Yes. That's why Week 18 is tough. But as long as the Giants, if I'm right about the Giants being able to keep it within two scores, Dallas is not going to be able to just say, okay, this game's meaningless. We're locked into the 5 seat." Dallas will keep playing if they keep playing, they will – I don't know how Washington and Sam Howell is going to move the ball on this defense, and Dallas also is motivated to get up huge early so they can get guys out of the game. Dallas minus seven and a half. Next, this is one of the only games where I'm the team that has nothing to play for, I am picking over the team that has everything to play for. The Rams getting six and a half at Seattle. I'm taking the Rams. So Seattle, if they win, they're alive for the postseason. I'm taking the Rams because the Sean McVay-Baker-Mayfield offense against bad defenses can move the football. Furthermore, Sean McVay at a very interesting press conference on Wednesday when he was talking about how this was a professional failure and embarrassment of a season, I don't think they are uh, ready to just roll over. I think they want to end the season on a strong note. They also don't have their draft pick. It goes to Detroit. So they are not incentivized at all to lose the game. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I don't think they're going to get blown out. I think Baker is highly incentivized to try to put more good football on tape. I'm getting six and a half. I'm going to jump on the Rams. If you're thinking about actually betting this game, this is another one of those games where the line is in a place where if it moves against you, it doesn't kill you if it moves down to six. If you think about betting the Rams, I would wait to see if it moves up to seven, which is obviously a huge number. No. I I don't think the Rams win outright, but I do think they keep it close. The Rams plus six and a half. And lastly, my favorite bet of the week Detroit plus five and a half at Green Bay. I think Detroit's gonna win this game. I would be shocked if Dan Campbell's team gets embarrassed. Now. I understand the level of concern, which is if Seattle wins, Detroit is eliminated from playoff contention before this game kicks off. This is the night game. And if Seattle wins, then the NFC Wild card, the final wild cards, either Green Bay or Seattle. In a weird way, I think Detroit is in a fine position no matter what happens in the Seattle game, as far as covering this number. Here's why. If Seattle loses, Detroit is now obviously peak motivation. We win, we're into the playoffs. Right. If Seattle wins, Detroit and Dan Campbell are still going to want to spoil it for Aaron Rodgers, but they also can be insanely aggressive, have no worries about, I think they'll go for every fourth down. I think they will do trick plays. I think they will do a lot of things that can catch the Packers off guard. I think Seattle, I think. Detroit is oddly enough going to dare Aaron Rodgers to beat them, sell out to to stop the run because the reason Detroit's in this position where they don't control their own destiny is because they they let Carolina run for 320 on them. I think Detroit wins the game. What are they on the money line, Damanze?
1: They are plus 180.
0: I'm going to – you know what? So I like Detroit plus five and a half. I think they win the game. I think at the very least they keep it close. Because we are being reckless,
1: fifty bucks on the one hundred and eighty.
0: That on the money you. line, yeah, yeah. I'm one hundred and eighty. That would win you ninety. All right, I like that. That's
1: not what I'm doing.
0: What okay.
1: I thought those were. I thought it was going to be a way better number than ninety bucks. I'm not doing that.
0: Oh, let's go. Okay, I was about to say we're about to put in a reckless parlay. We have done eighteen of these shows, and Demanze still is insistent on making fifty dollars bets. That in theory can win him six hundred. No, 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 no! But actually, win him zero.
1: That's not that's not my whole strat. My strategy is like twenty and below. Okay, it would be like 50, six to eight hundred bucks.
0: Okay, yeah, he's he, he's in love with the third. Yeah, the of fifty to win
1: 20. ninety doesn't sound great to me. It's not really appealing.
0: Well, all these other bets would be fifty to win forty five.
1: All right, would yeah. be
0: minus one ten? I
1: wouldn't be doing those. Okay,
0: no problem. All right, I am in the spirit of that. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to put a fun money line parlay together for us. We'll do that. So we wrap uh, our week 18 gambling show. That's next. What's right. Yeah. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright. And I got something exciting to talk to you about today, Angie or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. Week 18 gambling show. We're breaking all our rules. We're betting almost every game. The bets are as follows. Kansas City minus 9.5, Jacksonville minus 6, Atlanta minus 4, Minnesota minus 7.5, Indy minus 2.5, Miami plus 1, Carolina plus 3.5. Pittsburgh minus two and a half, Denver minus two and a half, Giants plus 14, San Francisco minus 14, Dallas minus seven and a half, Rams plus six and a half, Detroit plus five and a half. Now I understand that is nine favorites, five dogs, not ideal. It's a lot of stuff we normally wouldn't do. Luckily, we're going to go 11 and three and finish above 500. I'm manifesting it. I'm also going to give you guys, this is more up your alley, Demonte. How does plus 1200 sound to you? Sounds this would be good. 50 to win $600. We're going to call this the Lions make the playoffs parlay. Okay? It is Detroit on the money line plus the Rams on the money line because the Rams have to beat Seattle for Detroit to make the playoffs. And then we are throwing in in order to make it just a little bit more Oh, wait, hold on. I, I can make it a little bit better, I think. Let me, does it make it? Now we're not including that one. Just to make it a little bit more juicy, the Chiefs on the money line and the Niners on the money line, two teams that I am certain are going to win and have something to play for. So the Chiefs to win against the Raiders, the Niners to win against David Blau and the Cardinals, the Rams and Baker Mayfield to go to Seattle and win, which would make Detroit at Green Bay a win and end game and Detroit to win that game. It is 12 to one. I am making myself that offer and I am taking that offer. That's our week 18 gambling show. Good luck to everyone. Don't do what we did. Gamble responsibly. We'll see you on Monday.